Yo, surprise, surprise, everybody. We are all back. We have five screens in front of our faces right now. It is episode one fucking hundred of TLDR podcast. 100 weeks in the making as of this day. I got trade into my left, freshly 100% married after this weekend. Yep. We were all there in human flesh, human presence, and... He's currently stressed out because the Mick matchup is on, and that is McDavid versus McKinnon. What's up, Traden? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, my voice doesn't doesn't sound great, so I feel I apologize for that voice and the fans. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great weekend, great week. Um, thank you guys all for for uh, for attending. That was awesome. Um, and now I can just relax and watch the well not really relax but i can at least watch the western conference final here um this is the last the last time we were in the western conference final was in 2006 so this is a this is a quite exciting for a, a fan like me yeah sorry i had to push it back a little bit on you but at least you got to watch evander fucking kane's first goal that fucking piece of shit um <laughs> you know who's not a piece of shit though is alex because i saw alex in human form this weekend the first time in like 10 years and he's way taller than i remember he's like taller <laughs> than chris paul and steph curry um alex how you doing man i am doing great uh other than you know also at Trayton's wedding get a text sunday night after we drove back from our best friend tyler being like hey uh jess and i test positive for covid Woo! uh um, I blame Traden and Tyler for that somehow. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't have been down there if it wasn't for Traden getting married. And uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm glad to be glad to be back. You know, my I'm now also post wedding, so I am I'm planning on being back full time. Yeah, by full time I mean you know the one one day a week we record. <laughs> yeah, I actually like. I was I brainstormed my head to say that you were also married as well, and I forgot to mention it. My bad. I should have mentioned it. But oh, um, thank you for covering up my mistakes. Speaking of mistakes, Tyler, just kidding. Um, oh, I know. I'm just kidding, Tyler. I'm fucking yeah. with you. Comes back Love and throws it. fire. Um, we're coming back hard. <laughs> what's up, Tyler? How you doing? You're not a mistake. Don't worry. What kind of beer uh, are you drinking? Uh, this is uh, Summer Break IPA by Sierra Nevada you know, summertime. Um, so we got to have some summer beer. Uh, but yeah, I'm is it doing it now. It is summer now. It's oh, summer for me. Okay. Uh, baseball season ended last <laughs> week, uh, which is my official start of summer, uh, summer, summer for work anyway. Uh, so if there was a time to be in isolation and be sick, this is a good time to do it work-wise. Uh, but yeah, sorry, Alex, <laughs> about that. <laughs> it's probably not even really your fault. It happens. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, other than that, doing good, man. Um, enjoying, enjoying some sports. Uh, obviously, hockey and baseball is, or hockey and uh, basketball is a fun time to be uh, watching all these championship rounds and all that stuff. But hey, man, episode one hundred. Super pumped to have you and Alex back on the podcast. Like old times, it was super weird seeing all five screens pop up, and now you guys are way smaller on the screen. It's been weird just having three screens up most of the time. So it's definitely it's gonna take my eyes a little bit a bit to adjust to this new smaller heads on my screen but it's awesome i love have, having everyone back thank you for having us back i know uh, i just butted my way back into this episode um i think i mentioned it to james like uh, like 10 weeks ago and it was like i'm like what episode are you guys on he's like episode 90 i was like okay 
uh, I'm thinking about, you know, making an appearance for episode 100. He's like, all right, cool. It felt like that was like a week ago, but apparently it was like 10 weeks ago. <laughs> um, but what was a week ago, as, I, as we mentioned earlier, was Traden's wedding and James was the commissioner of the wedding, a.k.a. the, <laughs> is it the officiant. Um, yes, sir. And he did a, a hell of a job. Uh, how you doing, Mr. Officiant James? I'm good, dude. Like, honestly, it was a pretty stressful thing to do, uh, be up there in front of all those people and just say words about love and stuff and marriage that I haven't gone through. So I have no idea. Yet I pulled it off. People laughed. It was a good time. At the People end of the day, cried. it was very rewarding. People cried and laughed and cried and laughed. It was like a roller coaster of emotions. That's what you want in a wedding, right? I think, I hope. I don't know. Uh, but I did that. Um, I do apologize, though, if my breathing sounds a little labored right now. I don't have COVID, but I did consume $30 worth of Taco Bell. So it's like compressing <laughs> oh against my lungs. And I, it's hard to take a deep breath. So that's the reason why. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so since you didn't know about that stuff, did you just look it up on Google right before? Off your like, Apple Watch or what? Yeah, I was uh, I was on my watch the entire time at the ceremony trying to figure out what to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was like Siri, what do I say at a wedding? And then I answered, boom. And second off, Del Taco is better than Taco Bell. I think our table was talking no. about this, Tyler and Alex. Wow, you remember I this? Know. I think it was like a quick mention at our table. I think the majority rule was Del Taco, so we'll leave it at that. Right, trade. Except I mean, I believe we t- did the uh, fast food bracket, and I believe Del Taco won that exact same matchup. So, yes. <laughs> History speaks for itself, as yep. we all know on TLDR, guys. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we return, we are going to get right into the Mick matchup, as we mentioned earlier, with our hockey guy trading. Hockey talk is back. And uh, we're going to talk to trading the hockey guy. Because we got two big matchups, our last two matchups, right, Traden? Well, two of the last three matchups, because you got to count the final. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. let's, mm-hmm. you know, I guess mm-hmm. we're continuing to cover up your mistakes, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the dude's no, rusty. Just, Give him a break, bro. A little rusty. <laughs> just kidding, bud. Um, we're going to get right into it. Uh, we are down to four. We started with 16. We're down to four. We're at the conference final stage um, in, you know, I always think that the first round of the NHL playoffs is the best round. It's just, that's when everyone's the healthiest. That's when everybody's at their, at their tip top healthy shape. Typically um, now they, you know, these teams have gone through <clears throat> two rounds of grueling hockey. And now we sit with the, the four remaining um, teams, one from each division in this case um, in the East, the winner of the Metro was the New York Rangers. Um Got, uh, at least two of the guys that are, were here, Tyler and James. I think all of us had Carolina moving on. Nope. Uh, Tyler had the Rangers. Tyler, the you did have- Oh, still my Ranger, man. I picked that correctly. No, no you, you absolutely pick, did. You yeah, said that in seven. Pitch. Is that right? Yeah. You said Ray that in seven? seven. Nailed it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Carolina was just a was just a powerhouse at home, but they just couldn't find a way to win on the road, and and they, then they cough up a, a quite a bad hairball in their last game. <laughs> And um, that was at home. And that was the, and I guess, you know, the, I guess the mantra is true. You only need to worry and uh, you don't worry until you lose at home. And that was the worst time to lose at home if you're Carolina. Um, and then New York Rangers battled through and sure enough, Shesterkin looked good. And here we are. Um, and they're taking on the, the uh, Atlantic division winner who absolutely swept the Florida Panthers, James. Um, 
you had the Panthers moving on. Panthers looked sorry. They could not do anything. <laughs> um, I mean, clearly your, your belief that the offensive uh, prowess of the Florida Panthers would translate did not come true. Yeah, I was wrong. Um, Very and that's wrong. okay. And that's okay. Um, you know, you, you have to lose to get good. And I think Florida will come back a little stronger. I think that they just need to fix a couple things. But we're done. We're not going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about what will happen. And we're going to talk about these two teams here in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, <clears throat> we actually have more people to talk about this. So we're going to keep it a little bit um, quick. So Tampa is obviously taking on the New York Rangers. Alex, welcome back, buddy. It's good to see you. Um, I want to ask you, how do you, what do you feel about this matchup? I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a little big brother, little brother type of situation. In my opinion, we've seen Tampa Bay see, see you know, at first I thought that their, uh, their fatigue would catch up to them and it's anything but that right now. Um, do you think that New York has enough firepower to take on Tampa Bay, especially when they're facing Vasilevsky? I mean, look, Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world right now, but Hey, his countryman, Igor, not too shabby himself. Um, I think that's, I, you know, if you're looking at NHL.com, Bleacher Report, any TSN, whatever it may be, like this is going to all, this is going to be about the goalies. Um, and right now, Igor's got the Bolts number. I, I don't have who tweeted this, but uh, Igor versus the Bolts this season, 3 0, 9.58 save percentage, and 1.3 goals against. That's pretty incredible against this Tampa offense. And like, you know, the Rangers, you know, they're not really getting the love, but like Kreider had 52 goals. Panarin's a monster. Jad's a monster. Like they could, they could realistically, you know, play up and play, play really well against this Tampa team. But I mean, <clears throat> it's hard to pick against Tampa right now. They've won 50 million series in a row at this point. Like they literally can't lose in the playoffs. You know, they're obviously going for three in a row. Um, I, I'm going to go with the bolts, but I think it's going to be a lot closer maybe than people intend, even after we just saw Tampa destroy the, you know, the president's trophy winners in the Florida Panthers. Again, the president trophy can never win. So don't win the president's trophy. That's like the only thing I know about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be the case. Um, right. At least right now. Um, I like what you said that you think it's going to go a little bit deeper because I, I, I tend to agree here. Um, I think that the New York Rangers have an ability to, not go away and and that and it's the resiliency that makes them so such a strong team tyler way to go <laughs> um eric the player that i think that i'm going to be looking at um specifically in this series is artemi panarin um he's he's had maybe two signature games he had a great game against carolina um and i mean but he hasn't really stood out and and i and i wonder without him do you think the rangers have a chance um, I would say they do, and it's because I feel like the way, and you always hear this about hockey or you see this happen, like a team loses whenever they do lose, whether it's the first round or like towards the end of the playoffs, and then like they release their whole entire injury list, you know, it'll be like this guy broke an ankle. He was still skating and playing like 25 minutes. It's just a classic hockey thing to do. Um, I feel like Panarin is – he seems like he's like dealing with some sort of injury, whatever it is. And you can just see he's not really himself, like how he was the season, how he's been in the past in the playoffs. But like, 
<laughs> to answer your question, yes and no. We've seen they've actually been able to survive without him. To be uh, – who the fuck did they play in the first round? Oh, the Penguins, shit. <laughs> and they beat him in seven games, and they beat the Canes in seven games. Um, I think Shesterkin is a big reason why they're, like, still alive. He's pulled some games out for them. But, yeah, they probably – if they don't have any help from Panarin – they're not going to find a way to win this series. They need him to just pull a dry sidle and like just battle through whatever he's dealing with and, and still score a shit ton of points in the series or contribute somehow, some way. Cause without him, like Alex is saying, he's pointing out Vasilevsky. It's just, you're not going to get it done. You need everybody to contribute. If you're the Rangers, you really no do. Panarin, no moving on. So the answer is no. Not yet at all. <laughs> I think I said yes and no multiple times. You did say no. yes and no multiple times. Welcome back, but I think the answer is no. We miss you. Classic uh, Eric uh, answer. Um, James, you're kind of the you're, you're the goalie guy here. You you really study the goalies, um, and you and you like to talk about them. You like and you understand and you understand the position quite well um, for for the type of for how long you've um, been around the game, which is impressive. We're looking at Igor Shesterkin, who's going to win the Vesna. We that's that's undoubted going against the great what could be considered one of the greatest goalies to ever live and that's not really a question either uh, i'm not saying he is he's just in that question he's just in that um in that discussion who do you have vasilevsky straight and simple shesterkin's great and he's heated up a lot this last series especially uh, especially against the canes he did really really well just on that series alone he had a 949 save percentage Allowed 12 goals and against 20, 244 shots. Great numbers. But Vasilevsky's been there, done that multiple times. Igor Shosturkin had his has his gaffes every once in a while. It's kind of like Mike Smith that we're going to talk about in a minute when we were talking about the Oilers. He has gaffes and mess-ups like once a game. Okay, uh, For the Rangers and Shosturkin, he has gaffes and mess-ups, not because he's not good, but because he's young and makes mental mistakes. And that's, that's okay. He's got a long time to learn it. Vasilevsky, though, once he got heated up after that game seven against the Maple Leafs, he's been unstoppable. He let in four goals total for an entire series over four games, nine, seven, not one save percentage. Like this guy's on fire and he's not going to let up. The, once he takes control of a situation, once he takes control of a series and a team like he's been doing, the con Smythe is his. He's the reason why that this Lightning team has gone back to back. And now he might even go for a triple, for a three-peat, because Vasilevsky is so damn good. So while I respect Igor Shosturkin, and I did talk shit about Igor Shosturkin before, while I respect the shit out of that guy, Vasilevsky is just better, plain and simple. I mean, I mean, as of now, yeah, I think I think that everybody can agree with you. I just wonder if, if you know, I, I, I think we can agree that the Rangers are only going to go as far as Shosturkin will take him. And um, we'll see how far that is. Tyler, I'm going to finish with you before we go around the horn here. I think we can agree Tampa Bay is a better team five on five. Um, we can agree that the Rangers have not been in this. Oh, we know that the Rangers not have not been in this position for a very long time. Um, they're playing against an absolute juggernaut. And it seems like it's an uphill bat. It's a, it's Everest that they're climbing, but the Rangers are no, you know, strangers to, to dealing with um, to dealing with adversity in this playoffs. And you've kind of rode that wave. Um, are you riding it again? 
You know, I think the uh, the wave is going to crash down in this series here against the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I think they're going to put up a hell of a fight. Uh, but kind of all the points that everyone's made, I just – the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing so well right now, and their best guys are – and especially with Vasilevsky, I agree with everything James said. I just think he is the clear-cut favorite in this series, and I think he's going to be the difference maker for, uh, for, for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um but Igor is playing great. The Rangers are playing great. Like I said, as I mentioned a million times, they had kind of have that cockroach mentality of they, you never really seem to really put them away. Um, but I do think the way Tampa Bay is playing, not only are they playing, they're playing so well, but with the past experience they have, all, all the guys that are playing at their best, it's hard to bet against this team right now. And I'm certainly not going to do it. Um, as, as, as much as I like how the Rangers are, the Rangers are playing right now, I think it's going to end here for them. Um, so I'm going to take the lightning. All right. How many games, bud? I'm going to go lightning in six. Lightning in six. Okay. So you're, you think Rangers are good for two games, which I think is pretty fair. Once you get to the Western conference final, it's very, very surprising to see a sweep. So I think we can agree that that's not going to happen. Um, and it being good for two games, that's pretty good for a team. That's just, you know, learning or finding their experience step. So um, I think that's pretty commendable. James, what do you got? Lightning in five. Wow, lightning in five. Um, were you going to say four before I said that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's always going to be five for me. It's always going to be five. Uh, Eric, what do you got, bud? I got Rangers in seven because okay. oh. this is going to make you happy trading. The Leafs should have beaten the lightning. They were like – they pulled the Leafs, and they were the re- – they fucking lost the series. They had the lightning right where they wanted them. They couldn't pull it off. The Rangers have been doubted by everybody. They do have Shesterkin, who's very similar to Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky is probably one of the greatest, but being a goalie sometimes, he's had some time off. Um, We'll see if that affects him at all. He may – it takes one greasy goal to slip in and kind of fuck with his confidence. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm going to go Rangers in seven. I like that. I like Rangers in seven. Um, sorry, that that's not offside. Everyone knows that's offside. No, uh, let's see. It's offside, um, bro. It is offside. It's so offside. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, uh, Eric. I, I don't hate that pick, man. Um, I actually think that the Rangers could have a chance to give them a little bit of um, a, a little bit of trouble. Uh, you know, I, I think that Tampa Bay did. I'm sorry. I think Toronto did give them did give them quite a, um, a series, but I, you know, t- Tampa has a way to to be beaten and maybe. Maybe it's the Rangers that that can give them a little bit of uh, pressure. Alex, we got two to one. Where are you at? I'm going to go lightning in seven. Um, I think Igor can at least stand up twice. We didn't even talk about the Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, you know, defensive wizards that they both are. Um, And if I had told you that the Rangers had the fourth best power play percentage in the regular season, would you believe me? No, that's insane to me. So I think, I think they've got, I think the special teams can, will have a lot to do with it. Um, Eventually. I just think Tampa's overall experience will just, and Vasilevsky will just wear them down, but I'm going Bolton seven. I like that. Um, And so that's three to one. I'm going to make it four. I think that I think I, I can't bet against the goalie who's let in two goals, two goals in the last, I think it was seven or eight closeout series. Like it, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's ridiculous. 
Um, and you know, once it gets to that point, I, I can't, I can't bet against the range uh, lightning. I haven't, I've been the only one that's told you trade and it was a goal. Sorry. I interrupted you. It, I <laughs> called it a goal. Yeah, oh, it is. It was a goal. Wow. Well, that's fair. But that was really close. It was close. Um, <laughs> um, crap. You lost my, uh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, 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 just can't bet, I just can't bet against the lightning. Um, and, and, uh, they're going to, they're going to take it in six in my opinion. Um, but I think it's going to be a very hard fought series. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than James thinks and the rest of everybody else thinks. Um, sorry, but I don't think it's going to be five. <laughs> Might be five. You could be right. You could be right. Um, okay. We're moving on to the West. The game that's currently going on with 13.6 seconds left in the first Colorado is up three, two after a, uh, a goal review that, you know, was clearly a offsides. Like, or what well, I thought was offsides, but I guess it's not offsides. Um, I couldn't really see it cause I was doing this podcast obviously <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the teams that are in it um in the central we saw the uh the colorado avalanche um take take out the um, the blues i thought initially that the blues would have the ch- would be the only team that could beat the colorado avalanche um and after the first game i thought okay i'm an idiot after the second game i'm like i'm a genius uh it just it, i think that the blues just just had too much to handle when it came to the uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Their speed is there, their experience is there. They're they're a team that's just built for this, and they finally broke through the second round. And you know, I I didn't have them making it, but sure enough, they did. Um, and then on the other side in the Pacific, something I had no, I did not expect this to occur, to occur, guys. After Game One, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, uh, lost like I believe nine to five or nine to four. Or some no, they, no, it would have been uh, nine to six, I guess. We got six goals, um, but it just was an absolute barn burner. And then after that, the Edmonton Oilers did not fucking stop rattling off four wins in a row. Um, regardless of, of anyone's opinion on the last game, whether that goal was kicked in or not, I'm not going to get into it. I don't really care because the better team deserve the series whether or not there was some controversy no one on this podcast is going even you eric can come on this podcast and tell me that the oilers did not deserve to win that series because they did um and you know it would have been nice to for it to be a little cleaner but i'll i'll take it we'll take it um there was a little bit of bullshit in our past so we get we get it kind of <laughs> it's come back the other way the soccer goal that you guys won the series on just remember no i'm kidding they deserved it <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you know, the Edmonton Oilers made it through rattling off four in a row, and now they play the Colorado Avalanche. Um, let's start right from you, Tyler. <laughs> Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid. I just want to ask how excited you are for the series. Um, I'm loving it. This was the Western Conference final that I wanted, that I picked in, my, in our bracket <clears throat> for this reason. Uh, two of the – I would say definitely – the two best goal scorers in our league going head to head uh, in a conference final playoff series. I mean, what more would you want, you know, in terms of just pure entertainment and, and, and just pure buildup. Um, and it's already off to an amazing start. We got five goals in the first period already. Uh, McKinnon scored already. So um, it's off to a hot, hot start already. And I'm, I think it's going to be an explosive series. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of goal scoring and it's going to come down to what goaltender can make the most timely saves. I don't think, Either of these goaltenders are going to, are going to be stellar. I just think it's going to, who's going to come up with a big save at the right moment. Who's going to make that or who's or on the, on the other side, like who's going to get that big goal when it matters. Cause I, I, I just feel like the offense is, is going to carry the series barring some incredible 
goaltending performance that we have that we're not going to see yet. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for this series. Like, I, I think I'm going to be glued into pretty much every game. Love to hear that. Um, I, I obviously will be too. Uh, James, let's go. Let's talk about this. This goalie. Um, you're the goalie guy. Let's talk about this uh, goalie matchup. Facing Darcy Kemper, he has a 904 save percentage, a 244 goals against average versus Mike Smith's 927 save percentage and 2.7 goals against average. So obviously, there's quite a bit difference in save percentage, but goals against average is a little bit different. That's I think that's clearly based on shot, shot suppression on the Avalanche. Like they just completely just don't let you shoot. <laughs> so uh, they, they give all the support to Darcy. I know you're a Mike, Mike, Mike Smith guy. Are you still riding the wave? Yeah, I definitely am. And I like to speak to the fact that Darcy Kemper has only seen 97, 197 shots, as opposed to Mike Smith, who has seen almost double at 381. And Mike Smith has only played three more games. And that, it's great that the Blue Liners for the Avalanche are suppressing shots and doing all that. But like, let's look at who they played. They played the Predators. Sweep, that was a waste of four games, to be honest. Let's be real. Like, that, there was no competition there whatsoever. It was said and done for the moment that thing was set. Then they play the Blues. There's some offense there, yes. But is that offense, are they going to be as prolific and as explosive as Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, Evander Kane? The, high, the, the amount of shots they will take in this series alone will be so much more than the, the Blues can even think about putting on net. And I get the blue liners are good. Like that first line of Kel McCarr and Devin Tays, great for the Colorado. Second line with Josh Manson is all right, cool. They're pretty good too. But can they hold up against the likes of this offense that the Oilers possess? It's fast paced. They get a lot of shots on net. And to be honest, they're going to have high danger situations on their defensive end more so than the blues did. Like that Conway David and dry saddle. They're great. They're always going to find a shot. They're going to shoot at the right time at the right place. And is Darcy Kemper going to be ready to see that? I don't know. Only facing 197 shots, he's been babied. I said this about um, Markstrom last series, too. Markstrom could have fallen asleep at the net and had the same save percentage as he did in the first round. This is not the case for Darcy Kemper, but it's damn close. He could be asleep for half the game and have the same save percentage. Darcy Kemper has not been tested. This Oilers team is really great at offense. You're seeing it tonight. You're seeing it right now. Mike Smith will have one mess up here in there per game, but he will always recover from that mess up. And from that point forward, it's the Oilers to lose. Wow. That's a, that, that's, that's making me excited. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that this is just a different team than even the, the Oilers have faced. I think that, that, I think that both teams are just the best of the best that they have seen yet. They haven't seen this type of caliber hockey yet. Does that make sense? And it's not like the Tampa Bay Lightning who probably played their Western Conference final in the first round, or I'm sorry, Eastern Conference final in the first round. Um, this is the best competition that each of these teams have faced, and it will be interesting to see how they how they hold up. So I'm going to move to you, Eric. Kale Mc, can Kale McCarr um, s- suppress Connor McDavid enough for his team to uh, to move forward, or do you think Connor McDavid is just on too much? on too different a universe for Mikhail McCart, even Kale McCart to handle. Nobody can stop Connor McDavid, but McCar is probably the fastest skater that has a chance. That's my answer. So no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. No. So, so, how, yeah. so how do you, what do you feel about this series yourself? I mean, you guys all pretty much, 
tied it all, tied the knots up with the, you know, summaries you had. I think it comes down to Mike Smith versus Kemper, who's going to make more mistakes because, you know, Kemper, Kemper hasn't, like, you know, Kemper hasn't been this deep in the playoffs. He was on the, the Kings as a backup. He was on the Coyotes. You know, he hasn't been in this big of a situation. Mike Smith was three wins away from his cup final when he was on the Coyotes against the Kings a while ago in the playoffs. He's That's how long he's been around. So, you know, who, who's hungrier? You know, Mike Smith might be hungrier. He's been, he's been close before in this situation. It's just that's it's going to come down to who plays better and who makes less mistakes. And Mike Smith seems that he's made some mistakes. I feel like he's going to he's going to clean it up. And I think the Oilers are going to find a way to win because of that. All right. I don't know how, but I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Finally, Alex, um, I think you and I can agree that the top two or top three players on each team, I'm, t- I'm talking forwards, is definitely in the Oilers favor. Um, I, I, or maybe the top two. We'll say the top two. But the blue line is the question mark that I have. And I wanted you to, I just want you to speak on that. And do you think, you know, the blue line for the Oilers is enough to hold off the Nate dogs, the, the Kale McCars, the Gabriel Landis dogs, Miko Rantanen, Nazem Kadri, who knows how to put the puck in the net. I mean, they come in waves. And do you think that the defense, well, clearly it hasn't been good enough yet, but do you think that they'll be able to hang on? I mean, you, you said it earlier, like neither one of these teams has faced the caliber of the team they're currently playing. I mean, all respect to the Kings and them, like no, they don't have a Nathan McKinnon and, you know, as good as Johnny G was this year and had a career year, he's not Nathan McKinnon. I mean, you could realistically say the top four players in hockey are in this series. Like if you want to go McDavid and Dreisaitl and McKinnon and McCarr as the four best players in hockey like not like so let's we'll exclude goalies for a second it's not it's not like saying all that much like no. it could easily go that way so um I definitely think you know Darnell Nurse and the rest of those Oilers blue line has got a lot of work to do um and you know like Eric said like no one can really stop Connor McDavid no one can really stop Nathan McKinnon either like they are so good that it's going to just come down to which one of the goalies like just stands on their head at some point, I think. Um, and we, I mean, we talked about before we even started recording, like it would not surprise me if all these games were six to five, seven to five, like if they were double digit goals in each, each one of these games would not surprise me. Like neither one of these goalies is really like that exciting. So, um, you know, McDavid is going to have to be McDavid and McKinnon's going to have to be McKinnon and, if the I think if the Oilers blue line can even slightly hold up, they've got a really good shot. If they falter like they've been kind of known to do in the past, they might be fucked. Okay, so how fucked are they going to be? Where, where do you have the series and who wins? I'm going, I'm going Abs in seven. I just think the you know every once in a while we see the Oilers just sort of stop playing their game for reasons that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and I just think the depth of this abs team is incredible. And, you know, this, this abs team has been the best team in hockey. It feels like the last three years and they haven't made it. And it's kind of feels like maybe this is their, their year. Yeah. You've been kind of right on that in the past on this podcast. So, um, so I, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Eric, what about you, buddy? 
Uh, it's super hard. Um, Alex almost just swayed me back to the abs. I'm just going to, I'm going to go with what I said. Oilers and seven Mike Smith's going to find a way. Um, and you just McDavid drive saddle, Evander Kane, they've been rolling. And I feel like when they do kind of slip up, it happens for one game and then they figure out, figure it out. And whether it's one, one of those three guys that picks the team up and gets them going, or even this dude Hyman that, just scored tonight with the same goal he did against Calgary the last game. So they, their depth is, is keeping them afloat. And these other three guys are really just going to score a lot for them. And Mike Smith will find a way Oilers in seven. James, who do you got, buddy? Oilers in six. You're welcome, Traden. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tyler, what do you got? I know you have Avalanche, but how many games? I do have the abs. Uh, I got the abs in seven. It's going to be a great close series. One of the best series, I think, in recent memory in the playoffs. Uh, but abs will barely squeak through. Well, I have to break the tie. And I don't know if to go with my brain or my uh, my heart. Go with your heart. And... It's always the right answer. Go with your dick. <laughs> it's like your brain and your heart if I, if I go with yeah. that if i go with that it's gonna be oilers and five but that's not gonna happen um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with my heart here even though my brain is telling me not to uh, i'm gonna say oilers and seven um that it, it, that is insane i mean I, I, my my heart says uh i'm sorry my head says uh avalanche and six um but um i you know i I've been wrong throughout this. I've been wrong throughout this. I was wrong last year's completely. This team has got, this team is doing something that is very special to me. They have, uh, uh, I've not seen this type of hockey by this team, by the Edmonton Oilers since I was a little kid, since I, and back in 2006. And even that was uh, quite amazing. And I think that this team could kick that team's ass. No, no problem there. And they made it to the cup final. So um, that just as shows how, how far the the leaks become and so you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna believe in my boys and i think that they can make it in seven um although i'm fully prepared to for my journey to end or for our journey to end um i hope it's, that doesn't that doesn't happen um but we'll see um but that is what we got for the uh for the for the uh conference final previews next week we'll be about halfway done with the series um, and we'll be able to talk about uh, the final final games, or maybe we'll even see a we'll, we'll even see a team moving on if if the Oilers do get swept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week Traden's voice will be even more gone. And oh, just probably. So, so you guys know, here's Traden's faith to his Oilers. At the first game of the playoffs this year, Kings Oilers, Trevor Moore scores a goal. Traden texts our whole group. Oh, it was a great series, guys. Nice knowing you. <laughs> There's his faith. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be, it's going to be two great series, especially this, uh, this McMatchup series. Um, we'll take a quick break guys. We come back. We got the NBA finals set one team. We already knew was going to be there. Very predictable league. Um, one team, probably no, none of us thought was going to be there. And when we return, we'll find out who that is. If you don't know yet. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, fine listeners of TLDR Podcast. We're going to get right into the NBA Finals preview. Uh, like I said earlier, one team we knew was going to be here, and we didn't want them there, except maybe trade-in. 
because his wife likes him. And then one other team, James, tell us about these teams. Well, obviously, everybody thought the Celtics were going to make it to the finals. The Warriors, not so much. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Complete opposite there. The Warriors beat the Mavs to make it to the finals in five games. Series was four to one. And although the games and points themselves are relatively close, the series was not that anybody other than Tyler think that the Mavericks were going to make it. No. Like, come on, Tyler, idiot. Celtics, on the other hand, I beat the Heat. Out. Yeah, he did even it out. <laughs> Celtics, on the other hand, beat the Heat four to three. It was actually a pretty fun series. And yes, Tyler was correct. He the heat or the heat lost in seven. So the Celtics won in seven. For Boston, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. We've been talking about them for like the last five weeks. They're the leaders of the Celtics, and they're doing really well. On the Warriors side, Steph, Clay, Jordan, Draymond. You know, it's the people you know. The Celtics big three definitely have better stats, though, but the Warriors have better all-around scoring. And in the regular season, the Celtics had the best defense while the Warriors had the third-best defense. The Warriors having good defense is something that I, I didn't think was going to be a thing, but they do. While both teams are stellar on the defensive end through the regular season and through the playoffs, offensively in the regular season, the Celtics were better. They're actually better than the, the, War, than the Warriors were. They're ranked higher on the offensive end. But we all know that the Warriors can pretty much have offensive success at an instant, whenever they need it. Which team will have more offensive success during these finals? Tyler, let's start with you, man. Uh, it's really hard to bet against the Warriors right now, um, just with everything that they've done in these playoffs so far, everything they've, they've done this season. Um, you know, I think, I think they certainly on paper have the, more, the, the potential to have the better offense in this series. However, you know, Boston, as we talked about before, it, they have a really great team defense and they do it very, very well. Um, so if anyone can hold them back, I think it is the Celtics team. Um, with that being said, I think when, it, when we're comparing both of these teams, I feel like the offense is going to favor the Warriors in this particular matchup. I disagree with you, Tyler. I think it's going to be the Celtics. Um, I just think the that, that trio of Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart will – I mean, you can't really shut them down, but, um, you know, I was, I was looking this up and I think the, the Warriors have played four other defensive player of the years, like in this run, like not, not this, not this specific playoff run, but in their six, seven years or whatever it's been, but this guy's been Mark Gasol and Rudy Gobert, you know, their, their centers there and Kawhi Leonard, they're those Kawhi's his own little monster, but like Gobert and Gasol are not guarding Curry ever. They're not guarding Clay Thompson ever. They'll, they will get destroyed by those guys. So I really do think that, you know, having a guard as your best defensive player to then match up with the Warriors best defensive players who are also guards is more beneficial for that Celtics team. Um, so I like, I think that I kind of agree with you where the Warriors have a better shot and probably have a better offense, but I think this Celtics team and their complete team defense can shut them down and the Celtics offense can really shine. I mean, the, the Warriors have a good defense, but I don't think they can stop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown overall in this series. I, I'm gonna, oh, go ahead, Eric. I'm I'm go ahead. Rick. I'm going to, I'm going to roll with uh, actually Alex just convinced me. Um, I agree with Alex. I think overall the Celtics are going to have better offense, but then, you know, the Warriors, what they have is that they can turn on the offense at any instant. So overall the Celtics will have better offense. The Warriors are just going to have like the quick flashes of offense when they need it. And unfortunately that's how they win games. And that's why we all hate them. 
and none of us want them to win. Right, Traden? Uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. No, no. Um, the thing, the thing that I, you know, I, I'm gonna side with the Warriors actually, and I'm gonna say that. Obviously, you're gonna say obviously, well, whatever. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that because there's two reasons. One. Well, I'm unmarried, so I guess I don't have to follow her now. She has to – she's stuck with me. Always date each other. I told you that. Come on, bro. <laughs> but um, I okay, – Now you just have to do it legally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I just think that we need to be looking at the Warriors, the, the playoff Warriors as the Warriors, because the, the big three, the main three of the scorers, have not played together up, not but 22 games, I believe, in the regular season. So – and they've – now that they are healthy and looking good, the last two series they've had Steph playing or Steph starting. He didn't start in the first series, but they he's he's starting now, and they have not looked back. I mean, they've had they've had one challenging series. I'm going to say challenging series, and that was the Grizzlies. But after that, it's like it they, they the only thing that they have to do is just is just limit the turnovers and not be lazy. Because that's what they that's what they did in game four against the the Mavericks. I think that's what they did in at least one of the games against the Grizzlies. Not to take away from the Mavericks and Grizzlies winning those games, but let's be real. If if the Warriors actually cared to hang on to the ball and take care of the ball, I don't think you see I don't think you see the Mavericks winning a single game. Um, James, I think that was your down that was the only downfall. Is you didn't you didn't take into account that the Warriors might be a little lazy. I think if, <laughs> if the Warriors if the Warriors aren't lazy. I think their offense is enough to, to beat the Celtics. Um, and because look, yeah, they didn't, the golden state didn't have the greatest offense, but again, they didn't have their, their big three healthy. And now that they are their their playoff numbers are mat, are above average. Um, and that's enough for me to say um, when golden state's flying, they're flying. And you know, you, you have Andrew Wiggins there, you have Jordan Poole there, who's probably the most improved player. Um, on that team, he could, he could, I don't know if that's an award, but if that's an award, he definitely would be, uh, would be there. Um, and I, I have to side with the Warriors in this one, even though, well, I have to, I actually believe it. Trayden, I'm really glad you brought up the point that the Warriors are finally looking healthy because time and time again, Trayden has said that Steph hasn't looked like himself and Clay doesn't look like he fits into the offense. Trayden pretty much answered that question saying that, he thinks that Steph is healthy now and everybody's all good to go. But do you guys, everybody else in this podcast, think that Clay looks integrated completely and Steph is healthy? Yes. I mean, Clay, Clay can look as integrated as he wants, but I think, you know, something else that needs to be considered is Clay did not play for two full seasons and now is making a deep playoff run. Like, that's not easy on your body if you aren't coming off two incredible injuries. Um, I love Clay Thompson. I hope he's healthy. I hope Steph's healthy. So I do. I think it's going to be like, if they're, if they're both healthy and firing on all cylinders, it makes it a lot better of a series. If they either one of them are, you know, slightly lacking, it, it might be tough. I don't, I don't know if it's a hundred percent. Sorry, trading. Uh, no, uh, hundred percent, but it's probably like 90. I think he's like really close to being back to where he was, but I mean, a 90% Clay Thompson is better than, 90% of the players in the NBA. So uh, he's definitely, definitely good enough to be, to be a huge part of this series. hundred um, percent is hard to, is hard to, I think, go for right now. It's just considering everything he's, he's been through, but trade, go ahead. Um, I, I just look at, yeah, I think I agree with you, Tyler, in that, yeah, he's probably 90%, which is better than, you know, a large population of NBA players. But I also look at, you know, if, if Clay 
there, I, I think he has support behind him. Like, there's a lot of support, support behind him. I think Jordan Poole is a huge support for her. I, I think I said this in the first series, James, that Jordan Poole kind of – look, I'm not going to go on here and say that he replaced Clay Thompson, but he replaced Clay Thompson that series. He took on the scoring – and and it and it it took a little bit of the load off of uh, off of Clay Thompson, and now he's really digging in. You saw what he's like in that game six against the against the Grizzlies, and then he kind of hasn't really looked back. Um, Clay Thompson's not again; he's not hundred percent, but he's looking damn good after all that time. And I think that the the big three are finally starting to 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 settle in, and this team looks dangerous. Yeah, he's not hundred percent, but he's going to be probably just fine with the other guys taking the load. It's probably what's going to happen. It's the Warriors. Fucking A. It is the Warriors. Goddamn Warriors. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum wore his purple and gold number 24 armband that represented Kobe. It was was awesome, honestly, to see. And he looked like a straight-up killer on the court last night. He even broke up some footwork that reminded me of Kobe. Like, if you guys watched the game, that dude, like, he legitimately brought a tear to my eye because of how much he looked like Kobe while shooting the ball, dribbling, footwork, everything. I saw Kobe in that game. Is do you think that Jason Tatum will continue wearing that armband and just be Kobe like for the rest for this championship run? I mean, I I said this after the Nets series to another buddy of mine. I was like, I think we just saw Clay Thompson. I mean, sorry, uh, Jason Tatum eclipse Kevin Durant like in overall skill. Jason Tatum is a fucking monster. <laughs> Should have been a Laker. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. I, I legit, he could, like, he kind of, he's got that mentality. He's, he feels like a type of player that could just take over a series. And we've kind of, we've kind of seen him do that before. So I could definitely see him just being an absolute monster and being very Kobe-like. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, by the way, this fucking hockey game is insane. It's, it's going to be like a 10 to 11 game <laughs> final. <laughs> Sorry, like James, Alex I don't said. want to take it away from you. Um, I, dude, Jason Tatum has been absolutely amazing. And, um, and you know, it's it's one player, if you ask if you ask my wife who her favorite player is outside of Steph Curry, and that's outside of the Warriors, she loves Jason Tatum. And and, I, and I, that's a prompt to me to kind of watch him. He's, he's a stellar, stellar basketball player. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to give these, these uh, Warriors at least a little bit of, uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, competition. And I, and um, I, I think he's going to, he's going to do whatever he can to, to find the scoring touch and continue to be as dominant as he has been this playoffs. And I would not be surprised if, if he's a huge factor um, for these uh, Celtics as he already has been. Yeah. It's pretty ironic that he's, like a mimicking version of Kobe and like is showing that he is just like Kobe. And I've heard that he like used to go to the Mamba Academy, I believe, and train with Kobe and he's on the Celtics. And now he's like, has a chance to win the Celtics a championship. But I like that about him. I like that, you know, people have kind of doubted him. Like Alex was saying, everyone thought Kyrie and, and uh, Katie are going to get right through him. You know, nobody had the Celtics here. Nobody had him doing what he's been doing. So I applaud him for that. And uh, I hope he continues on with his success. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to keep wearing the armband. Uh, he's kind of making me like the Celtics a little bit, which is really oh, which is really confusing as a Lakers fan. Um, but, hey, that's, <laughs> that's just – I mean, when you, when you have that kind of – I mean, when you shout out and you have the, the mentality of, you know, 
our favorite Laker ever. That's just what's going to happen. You're going to make me like, okay, you're kind of a cool guy uh, and a great basketball player, which obviously reminds us of, you know, at least for me, like my favorite athlete ever. So um, yeah, he's, de- I'm definitely rooting for him. So, which again, it's confusing as a Lakers fan rooting for a Celtics player, but that's how, that's how good he is. Love it. Tyler, we'll start with you. Who wins and how many games? All right. Uh, like I said, this is a kind of a lose-lose situation. Like both of these teams historically, I do not really like that much. Uh, so I don't really want either of these teams to win if I had an absolute choice, but I haven't have to choose one. And uh, I've been kind of on the Celtics bandwagon a little bit. Uh, I'm going to continue it this time. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Celtics in seven. Eric. Celtics in seven. They took out Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They took out the Bucks and Giannis, and they took out Jimmy Butler and the Heat, and now they're going to take out the Golden State Warriors. Fun fact, the last three teams that have taken out Jimmy Butler have won the NBA championship, just so you know. Alex, who do you got? I've also got the Celtics. I just think they're on one of these magical runs. Um, defense wins championships. Uh, Celtics in six. And last but not least, Trayton, in how many games will the Warriors win? Warriors will win in seven. Um, this will be their hardest competition. I just think that the experience of the of the Golden State Warriors, the the scoring prowess, and they're also a little bit more rested. Um, and I think that that's going to help too. So the Warriors in seven. Um, it's going to be a damn good. Uh, it's going to be a damn good series. And I hope that the Warriors are are ready for it because this is this will be their hardest competition yet. Love it. And for myself, I have the Boston Celtics winning in six games. I'm sorry, Warriors fans. And that wraps up my NBA segment. We'll check back in in about a week to see if this, uh, this is still going on. We'll see. Yeah, let's let's hope it's still going on. Um, and, yeah, I know we I keep bringing back hockey, but we already got eight goals scored in this first Western Conference Finals game. Alex is right. It's going to be like 15 goals scored a game. And hopefully with the NBA, it's just going to be a fuck ton of points scored too because we got two high – offensively powered teams but when we come back we get to our baseball guy tyler and we talk the odams of the week holy shit oh damn we are back and we're talking baseball (laughs) and uh we got our baseball guy, Tyler, here. He's got some interesting topics for us this week. Tyler, let's hear about him. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, probably one of the biggest oh damn moments we've had all year in terms of just pure drama and like what the hell just happened. Just absolute ridiculousness. Uh, uh, we got Slapgate, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are pretty competitive in fantasy sports. Wouldn't you guys agree? Um, yeah. I don't know if it's ever gotten to the point of physical violence. Uh, we probably have wanted to make it that way, but it's never actually happened. I think we've reined it in for the most part. Uh, but that's not what happened between uh, two members of a fantasy football league in the in in MLB. Uh, Jock Peterson, outfielder for the San Francisco Giants, uh, was slapped by Tommy Pham, who plays for the Cincinnati Reds, during a pregame. They were just kind of mingling, hanging out. Uh, hopefully, you guys have seen the video of it. There's video. There's there's a video of it. Uh, Tommy Pham, it pretty much kind of the whole Will Smith, Chris Rockinson, and pretty much almost exactly like that. Um, just w- walked to them and just slapped them right in the face. Uh, pretty crazy. Now, this altercation happened over a fantasy football argument that obviously took place during last year's fantasy football. They're both in the same league. 
Um, Jock Peterson kind of goes through a little bit play by play of kind of what the argument was about. It was kind of over an injured reserve issue and all these different things. Obviously these, these in this league, obviously they're playing for a lot more money than we are. Um, also apparently Jock Peterson kind of cracked some jokes towards the Padres um, who at the time Tommy Pham was, 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 was playing for that Tommy Pham didn't take too kindly to apparently that also mixed into the, some of this tension. Um, but Tommy Pham took his opportunity uh, months later and uh, obviously responded. Uh, MLB did their investigation, suspended Pham for three games. Um, and that's about it. I think Jock kind of said his piece. Uh, Pham said his piece. And it's probably going to kind of just go, go away, but a pretty crazy, ridiculous story. I mean, over the weekend, I think I told Alex this, like I got, I felt like every 10 minutes, I got an update on my phone about this thing. I probably got like 20 different updates about this whole situation, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, Alex, just kind of like your thoughts on this, on, on this whole deal. I mean, yeah, none of us play for this amount of money. I mean, nobody knows how much it is. I mean, my guess would be at least five figures would be like a buy-in. I mean, oh, I would say easy. That's on the low end. Yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, well, five figures could be $10,000 or $99,000, you know, <laughs> that's a big gap. Um, definitely a lot more money than we play for and or have. Um, but it, I mean, this is one of the most ridiculous and stupidest things that's ever happened, but it's also kind of great for baseball. Yes. Like just this whole thing and like, Matthew Barry and Adam Schefter and like these big NFL guys are now talking about it. And it's just kind of like bringing more light to baseball and like kind of showing that, you know, baseball players have a personality. Like jock is a weird fucking dude. Like there's no doubt about it. Um, I don't like obviously slapping somebody over fantasy football is pretty stupid. Um, and like, I'm pretty sure all of us have done exactly what jock did with our fantasy teams. So like, I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of makes Tommy Pham look like a little bitch and like, and then him like saying, Oh, you know, don't mess with my money. Like I'm a big roller in Vegas. I'm like, dude, if you have to say it, you're not that big of a roller in Vegas. So I don't, I mean, I think it's, I think it's funny. I think Tommy, it kind of makes Tommy Pham look like a little bitch jock. I don't know, man. You just keep doing you. I love how like, um, um, upfront he was jock was about the whole thing like they've both been pretty like out there with it which is cool instead of just being like oh yeah it was a fantasy football dispute i don't want to talk about it yeah uh it was pretty funny even when he was talking about the the text exchange with his uh how he made fun of the padres was pretty funny because he he tried really hard to say yeah i mean a joke because the padres sucked uh he fit it in a more polite way yeah, uh, but it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, James, as you know, our our fantasy football commish. Uh, I don't know if you've looked into the, the the details in the situation, but I mean, do you feel like Jock did anything worthy of being slapped in the face, or like kind of what are your thoughts about this? Um, I don't think that he did anything like like Alex said. I think we've all done what he did. Like it is what it is, kind of thing. Nothing special about it. But the issue I do have though is the suspension. Because had this happened without any cameras, if it was just in a locker room and nobody saw, like, you know, the media and it wasn't captured on video, nothing would have happened. Let's be real. Like, it would have been fine. Like, nobody would ever know about this because it was probably, it probably happens more often than you think in baseball, in football, in every other sport. Shit like this goes down. But because it was caught on camera and circulated around Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, what you get is a three-game suspension, which is a little unfortunate. And yes, did should Tommy Pham have done what he did? 
Probably not. Is he a big baby? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, man, it's, it's not three game suspension worthy for that. I mean, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. Eric, uh, do you agree with the suspension argument? And I think kind of my biggest takeaway from all this is like Tommy Pham held this in for months. Have you ever held in a grudge like that for that long? <laughs> that's a that's a good way to ask me that question because yeah that's all i do in fantasy football but it's but, with the players not other not other uh, yeah not but yeah that's i was gonna ask you that so this is like an incident that was from a while ago so yeah, yeah i don't think it's suspension where it's kind of dumb jock peterson should have been slapped for not going to the angels when they announced he was going to the angels i don't know how that how it, it, i forgot what happened i think it was the red Sox fault or something there was like a faulty or like an injured pitcher in the trade or something was, that didn't yeah, pass a yeah. physical. Well, I think it was he was on the Dodgers at the time, I believe. Oh, he's on the Dodgers. Uh, I think. Uh, into the, and Ross was supposed to be a trade, and the trade just didn't. Yeah, something with details yeah. happened, but yeah, but he was no. an angel for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for like two to three minutes. So I hold yeah. a grudge against him too. No, um, yeah, it's weird. I don't think it's suspension worthy, but. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like this fam guy. After you, you talked about him, and you, I feel like Alex put in a good perspective of how he truly is. So, no, no suspension worthy. All right, Traden, I know you're all about the tea. So, uh, kind of what what were your thoughts when you learned about all this? Because I know you got a few thoughts. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the only thing wrong with what Alex said is that he called him a little bitch. You're wrong, dude. He's the biggest fucking bitch, pussy ass <laughs> motherfucker I've ever met. Like what a fucking little what a, what a fucking what a bitch like look look he what I love is that he sent the the gifts of the of the the Padres and the, to two other Padres that were in the message group and they probably just said oh fuck you you know whatever like there's it's just a fuck you match he turned a fuck you match into a little an, into a slap on on camera like how much how, how small is your dick dude like are you compensating for something like Jesus Christ. Um, an absolute soft, you know, I'm going to, should I go grab the Charmin again? Like this is the same type <laughs> of situation. Um, I, 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 I actually, like, I love that we're talking about this, but I can't believe we're talking about this because everyone did what Jock did. Everyone done it. Everyone has, I do it almost every week. And of course you're going to do that. Of course you don't want an, another player taking. I mean, it's just, it's just what, it's just what you do. Um, and also Tommy fam, you make 7.5 million dollars a year that's not a lot when it comes to um when it comes to baseball but don't gamble if you have a problem with the rules like clearly you have a fucking problem if you're whining about too much money in a fantasy football league and worried about actually rules that are actually there like you probably should be aware of what the fuck you're doing before you actually gamble it away you're starting to sound like evander kane at this point (laughs) Yeah, it's been pretty rough. Obviously, Tommy Pham not having the best season. Oh, and he's a Cincinnati Red, which makes yeah, it even fucking again. better. So <laughs> also, also being on the Reds probably puts you on edge all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be fair to, to Tommy Pham. Um, but yeah, certainly, certainly just a ridiculous whole situation that transpired and the amount of updates from ESPN and Bleacher Report and all those things I got on my phone over the weekend was pretty insane over this little incident. So had definitely had to talk about on the podcast um let's move on to some actual play on the field um one team in particular has been red hot as of late a team that some of us had borderline on the playoffs and at least one of us on the podcast picked this team to make the postseason they got off to a pretty shitty start the the, the boston red Sox, um not very good they're the offense that was supposed to be their strength they just couldn't hit they were terrible 
the, the pitching wasn't great either. Um, but lately they've really started to, to turn a corner. They're, they're starting to get uh, better play, especially out of uh, Trevor Story in particular, who has been seemed to, seems to hit a home run every single game the, the last couple of weeks. Um, and just throughout their whole lineup, um, they've certainly kind of found their kind of found their swing again. Since May 10th, they are 13 and six. However, they still currently coming into today, they are 23 and 26. Uh, they're fourth in the American League East, 10 and a half games back, which is pretty far, but they're only four games back of a wild card spot. So that's definitely in the hunt for sure, especially with these ex- expanded playoffs. Um, obviously a really bad start. It's, it, it's a long season, but my, my answer to each one of the members of the podcast is pretty simple. With the Red Sox recent success, do you see them continue to riding it? and make a postseason spot? Or do you think that they've dug themselves too big of a hole and this team's just not good enough to make it there? Uh, Trade, and I'll start with you. Absolutely fucking not. Damn. There is no chicken dick chance that they make the playoffs. <laughs> there is no, like, no, like, I love this question. I'm, I want to talk about it, but there is no fucking way, Tyler. Like zero, dude. And I'll tell you why. You have the Yankees, you have the Rays, and you have the Blue Jays who just rattled off four against the Angels this past weekend. And that sucked to be a part of that. Um, but you also have the Angels who are having a great season, except for those last four games. Um, <laughs> five games now? Oh, God. Now six. They're losing like 7-1 to the Yankees right now. Yeah. So, so I, I believe how it goes is the top one from each division and then three more wild cards. You have to deal with the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Angels who are ahead. You're, you're five, five games away from the Blue Jays. And like great that you're turning things around but there's no fucking what the white Sox have a better chance of making the fucking um postseason than you and that's saying something so yeah no there's no chicken dicks chance that they make it wow a, t- a chicken dick chance god i trade night every every week you <laughs> come up with some new saying that i just i can't believe comes to your brain but i but absolutely love it uh trading do you agree or disagree with trade or eric so, eric do you- <laughs> I do agree with me. Yeah, Eric, yeah. Eric, uh, you're Yeah, I do. Well, he actually kind of did just convince me with the other teams in the division, um, especially the Yankees, just molly the Angels as we speak. The Blue Jays just molly the Angels. And the Blue Jays are just – have been building towards the, this season. Um, you know, you can never say never. It's a, it's, there's a shit ton of games left in baseball, but I don't think it's going to work out for them. And I also don't want it to because, you know, it's the Boston Red Sox and they've had their runs and uh, they need to, you know, not have any more runs. So, holy shit, Koskinen almost just let in a terrible goal. Sorry. Oh, yeah. By the way, my Mike Smith prediction, he's already uh, sitting on the bench in the second period. Sorry. I game one against the Flames too, bro. Dude, it happened, yeah, I was going to say it happened. happened game one against the Flames. Game one. Yeah, we got all four straight wins. <laughs> all right. All right, James, what do you think about this Red Sox team? I hate to agree, but I'm going to have to agree with the last two. It's just they are four games back from a wild card, which is, doesn't seem like that big, but they're behind teams that can just steamroll other teams. They aren't behind four games behind teams that like the Reds, you know, like they're behind the Rays, the Blue Jays. Like it, it's going to be tough to get those games back when those other teams are also super strong teams. Will they get within four games like more? Yeah, sure. Maybe they get within two and a half, but then you look, you look at consistency. They were consistently bad for a long period of time. Can they now sustain the consistently good for the same amount of time, if not more? And what I've known with baseball and other sports, it'll be ebbs and flows. You can't sustain just one thing. You can't be peaking for the entire year. You have to go through ups and downs. And that's what they're going to have to do. 
I think they're going to have more downs than they will have ups. And right now we're on the upswing for the Red Sox, and that's great. Let's see what the downswing is like. All right. Uh, Alex, your thoughts? The division's out of the question for sure. They're not coming back from 10 and a half and jumping those three teams. I, I disagree. I think they – I mean, realistically, it probably won't happen, but, like, I think they have better than a chicken – Dick's chance? I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I you also have to realize or think about like Chris Sale is coming back at some point this year. That would be a huge help if that with their rotation, which has been like, eh, their bullpen was pretty shit last year and it's been pretty shit this year. But that offense can carry them. I mean, close your ears, Angels fans. You might have started off real hot. You still don't have the pitching. You've never had the pitching. Um, we just saw what happened in, in that Toronto series, the white Sox have been hurt a lot. Um, you know, and Tony Larusa is a lunatic. So like, I don't think we all, you know, everyone probably thought the white Sox were going to be better than they currently are. Um, and Texas is kind of playing out of their mind. Those are the other two teams ahead of them in the standings right now. And, you know, everyone was like, cool, Texas, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, that'll be great two years from now. I don't think anyone was really prepared for them to be like kind of fighting for a playoff spot. I think the Red Sox have a chance. I'd say like under 10%, but it is Memorial day weekend or, you know, the day after Memorial day, that's kind of like the first third, first quarter of the season. So we do have a lot of time. I think they got a shot. It's just, they put themselves in a really, really deep hole, but their, their offense has been heating up. So you just, you just never know. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting with this expanded, uh, uh, wild card having that third wild card spot how much more intriguing this it, it, it makes it like I, I agree with you division no chance but it, I think they also have a little bit of a chance um, to, to make it I just like kind of looking at the teams that they get that they have to climb as Alex just mentioned I don't really think any of those teams are all that great and can put up con- con- consistent uh, performances um, and like things like I, there's always that one team that tanks and always one team that comes up uh, so we'll see what happens. And I, so I definitely think the Red Sox do have a chance, um, but they're going to have to be playing a lot better. Uh, really as it's what kind of was last year, it's going to have to come down to their pitching. I think the offense is going to kind of continue to, 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 to play well. If that goes out the window, if, if they start hitting like they were the first month of the year, they're fucked. There's no chance they're going to make it. Um, that's obviously the strength of their team. It's going to have to continue, continue to do that. Uh, Alex Cornier, Alex Cor is going to continue to not grow a beard because that was obviously a curse for them. Uh, so continue to, for nothing to be shaved. Um, but yeah, they have a chance. Um, it's going to be really intriguing. I think, like I said, like this wild card uh, being expanded is going to make it re- really, really fun. Um, all right, moving on to my next one. We got a City Connect jersey, ladies and gentlemen, and we have all members of the podcast to rate it. Uh, so it's going to be super fun uh, to have all these guys on here to rate the uh, Connect jersey. So we have the Colorado Rockies uh, came out, announced their um connect jersey so i'm going to share my screen so that everyone can take a gander at these beauties right here uh so that's what we got so we're gonna go around the horn and we're gonna go around and and rate these these bad boys alex what do you got on these hey, wait we rate them out of 10 right yeah okay i don't love the color just gonna put that out there right now they already First of all, purple is one of my favorite colors. They're already rocking those in their normal jerseys. I don't really know why they went with the green. Like, I guess it's the Rockies. There's a lot of green trees. It's mountains. I don't know how I feel about that. The white belt to the green kind of looks good. 
a, the number on the front where you can see right there, uh, Ryan McMahon on the right there, or like at least on my right, too big. It's too big. Looks weird. The mountains themselves look cool. I can't really see what's going on with the hats, but they kind of look weird. I don't love the hat. I think it just says CO. Maybe. <laughs> don't love the hats. Um, I'm going to give it like a 5.2 out of 10. It's not terrible, but it's there. They could have been better. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what do you got on these? I give it like a, a 6.5 out of 10. I actually kind of, I like the green and white colors. I don't like the hats. Um, now that Alex pointed out the numbers, the numbers are kind of bigger than normal and it, it sticks out and it's weird looking. Um, it's not the worst colors. It's better than those white socks ones. I remember that we looked at last <laughs> year, the pinstripe ones. Those were awesome. Those <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go 6.5 out of 10. Not the worst, but not the best. All right, James, what do you think? The mountains remind me of, of Coors Light, except the mountains <laughs> aren't blue. They are green. And I don't I don't like this color scheme. I, I agree with Alex. Purple is also one of my favorite colors. And just stay with the purple. It would have been much better. It would have been almost like a color rush. But there's too much green. It's too solid on the way down. Uh, if they added some other, some like texture for the pants maybe, or like on the lower half of the jersey, that would have been better. But the fact that three-fourths of the entire, no, seven-eighths of the entire uniform is just straight up green is a little odd to me. Uh, numbers are gross. Hat, also not a fan of it. There's like seven different colors on the hat. It's like red, yellow, purple, white, green, light blue. It's like some seven-year-old just picked out some random colors that you want to splatter on a board and boom, here it is. <laughs> Too much going on. 5.5. 5.5 from James. Um, trade in. What do you think? I actually like him a lot more than the rest of these guys do. Um, <laughs> I actually, I like the winter green. Um, I think that's cool. I, I like the white belts. Um, apparently the color, the, the multiple colors is kind of what they were going for. Um, I, it sounds like that's what they were going for. Hey, can you stop fucking with my Jersey bud? Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're trying to bring in, a, there's a lot of colors that you see in, in, um, in Colorado. So I think did they maybe go a little bit overboard? Maybe, but I think that I like, I like their idea. Um, they kind of went for it. Um, I, I think the mountains are sweet. Um, I actually give this a, a, a 7.2. All right. Um, yeah, I agree with everyone that the hats kind of suck. They don't look like a baseball hat. They look like a, I mean, it's fine if it's kind of a hat that's like a, you know, some logo for some hardware store or something like that. Like <laughs> it doesn't really have oh like, my God. it's not, it's not like a baseball hat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, it doesn't pop like baseball hats. Need to pop. Hat. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Colorado hardware store or something. That's just, that, that's that's just the best you come up with. Yeah. I was pretty spot on. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the hats I'm not, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't hate the mountain logo. I think that's kind of cool, but I agree. The color is just a little bit weird, especially with the Rockies. I think the, the purple is really cool. I, I think for the colors they have, like their home jerseys in, in particular, like are kind of not that great, like just their regular ones. Um, so they have always kind of struggled. I feel, feel like the Colorado Rockies could always do better uh, with their, with their jerseys. I, like I said, I think these are decent. They, they have some, some spots I, I do like, but the, the, the hats for me are just, definitely by far the worst part um see i'm kind of kind of along the side of, of most everyone else here so i'm gonna go with a uh five point i'll go 5.0 just even five like i just think that rookie score yeah rookie score even uh, number. all right 5.1 to 
<laughs> to make Eric feel better. Um, yeah, just slightly above average. I mean, they're just it's it, it's okay. It's definitely got some some good points, but not the best. And like I said, just don't go to a hardware store to get a hat next time. Have an actual baseball hat. Um, yeah. Um, so before we end this segment, I have a bonus question for y'all. Um, this is the 100th episode, so I want to do a 100 bonus question. Uh, so so here we go. Uh, currently, there are six teams on pace to win 100 games this season. Uh, those teams are the Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Brewers, Astros, and Padres. Um, so, simple question. How many of these teams reach the century mark of this season? All right. Eric, what do you got? Uh, three of those teams. The Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers, probably. All right. Trading. Um, actually, I, I think Eric's right on. I'm going to say the same thing. Lame. Alex, what do you got? <laughs> I'm going to go four. Um, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, Brewers, Carbon Burns. Wow, <laughs> Brewers, 100 wins, crazy. Brewers, uh, James, what about you? I say five. <laughs> wow, and I don't know which ones, but there will be five probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lame. Um, I'm gonna go two, and it's gonna be just Dodgers, Yankees, uh, are gonna, are gonna be the two teams that, that make it. Uh, I think the Brewers and the Mets will be very close. Um, same, same with the Astros. I don't think the Padres are going to – they're definitely going to win 90 or so, but um, I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to 100. So I'm going to go with two Dodgers and Yankees. So that was it for MLB this year. Thanks for playing along, and uh, happy episode 100, boys. Thank you, Tyler. Just wait, you said that was it for this year? I think so. Um, I think we're done with Did I say baseball. that for this year? Well, oh, we're, we're, we're done with baseball for the year, guys. We're like oh. 47 games in. <laughs> Great this year. This was a 2020 but, uh, season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, uh, we ha- will come back to you. And last but not least, we will have Alex talk to us. Um, his brain sparked this weekend when he walked into Angel Stadium. He's going to tell you why when we return. Sparks are flying, guys. We're back. Uh, we're talking stadiums, venues, crypto.com arenas. No, we're talking <laughs> Alex. What are we talking here? Okay, so the five of us were at the Angels Blue Gate Blue Jays game on Saturday night in Anaheim. It was a pretty good game. There's some ups and downs. It came back, came went back and forth. Mike Trout hit a bomb. Tyler got up and screamed like a little girl. It was it was all great. I love Mike Trout. <laughs> But we're in the bottom. I think it was either the bottom of the sixth, the bottom of the seventh. The Blue Jays had just taken the lead back from the Angels. And then we're in the bottom of the seventh. You're the, the Angels were in Anaheim. The Angels are hitting. They're trying to get their, you know, trying to get their mojo back. And the goddamn fucking wave is going around the stadium at like the most critical point in the game. I, I cannot stand the wave. So I wanted to talk about things that I think that we should change. I told the boys it can't be just cheaper beer because obviously that would be the first thing. It has to be something other than that. I think if, if I was commissioner for the day, one of the things I well, I do a lot of things, but I would ban the wave. I feel like it only happens in baseball stadiums. I've, oh. I feel like I've never seen it at a hockey stadium. Yep. Maybe. It happens at every fucking Oilers game. Well, there you go. 
um it, it actually so, embarrasses me to be honest with you yeah i i hate it it always happens like i don't know if it's just some drunk guy that wants to start the wave and he gets all pumped and then it's going but it's always seems to be at the worst time so i want to ban the wave you guys can pick it doesn't have to be baseball it could be whatever stadium you want it to be but i'm curious about one thing that you guys would want to change it could be something totally different um but I, I thought this was an interesting thing, and it piqued my piqued my interest while we were all watching a baseball game together. Uh, Traden looks like he – oh, the Oilers scored again. They're still down. Oh, there. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I got one. Okay. okay. Have you guys Let's been to play. a baseball game where the little kid steals third? Yeah, I want like, them to actually time it correctly. <laughs> oh. little kid wins, fuck that. If the little kid can't steal third, he should fucking get third. He's got to, like, make it a fucking competition. You know, have you noticed that? They either speed up the time or they slow it up so he just gets over in, th- in three seconds. No, fuck that. Give him 20, 30 seconds, and he does no he, – he, he either has to make it or he doesn't. He doesn't get his, he doesn't get his uh, uh, ice cream or whatever the fuck he gets. If you don't run fast enough, no, this isn't parti- – we're not giving out participation trophies. Make the kid fucking work for it. I got one because trading just you just sparked my mind. You know they're like three like at the baseball stadium. It's like the three hats and a ball goes under and it all starts fucking swiping around like a magic trick. It's like they just show that and the crowd yells two, three. I need like a little kid up there with like a car on the line for the prize, <laughs> like or like a new house or something, and like and then they like they make that and they make it harder and like just more difficult and it need there needs to be like a person singled out in front of the camera and a big prize on the line Eric for that game because it's time. turned into just like the stadium watching it yelling number three or whatever and then it's like hey yeah they, whoever, they that's the that's the hat that had the ball under it well <laughs> prize well well fun fact eric dodger stadium does that um they have someone who has to get the get that answer oh, right really? the dodger stadium was <laughs> dodger stadium was extremely difficult i think it's the hardest one i've ever seen and if you do win the person that's playing gets a free hat which i mean makes sense because it's the hat shuffle so they get to go out and they get to pick whatever hat they want from the hat store and they get a free hat which is kind Damn. of they don't so get dodgers continue doing things right as they okay do. well i would agree with you the only thing i would say is like make that prize a car bigger Some, yeah not a hat. Yeah, have it be a kid, have it be a kid, but have the prize be a car so they can't actually drive. It. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, James, James or Tyler? I I think that there should be games that adults can play, like drinking games or competition games at every single stadium. Because Angel, Angel Stadium is kind of boring. Let's be real. Like you go over there, you go to Brewery X, you kind of get some beers, go to your seat. But like Petco Park and um, Oracle Park have like cornhole. They have like foosball. They have things you can do in competitions you can play in order to kind of interact a little bit more as opposed to just going just to your seat and to get beer and then the bathroom. But it'd be kind of cool to have like something that you can do to potentially win prizes or games or you can like win tickets or free beer. That'd be kind of fun. I like that. I love yeah. free beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there needs to be more stadiums that allow tailgating. Um, I just mm. think that's it's, it's a kind of a hit and miss. I think at least not in California, not so much. I, I know Angel Stadium has started to do with, I think that's awesome. I wish Dodger Stadium did that. Um, Staples Center definitely doesn't. Um, so I, I, I think that would be cool because I remember, Alex, I think you were with me when we went to that, uh, the Angel or the A's game and we got to tailgate before the game. I thought that was awesome. Like I thought that was such a cool experience 
kind of just like you could do those things like cornhole and drink and just have cheaper normally priced beer uh before you get to walk in the stadium so then maybe you can only you don't have to buy one of those uh, bad boys during the game um so yeah just kind of maybe, maybe more like pre-game festivities too um i just i think that the pre-game is almost as exciting as the game itself kind of just kind of the, the, the build up to it so i think baseball does that pretty well in terms of like batting practice um and stuff but maybe kind of opening that up a little bit more uh would be, would be cool maybe other sports can do a better job of that just kind of more more pre-game activities for for people to do um I, I think they, they do it sometimes like they'll have like a fan appreciation day they'll have like a concert or whatever like for certain holidays but maybe do that a little bit more often i don't know i, I think that'd be cool tyler it costs ten dollars to tailgate at angel stadium i get you know i said angel- <laughs> it costs ten dollars to park at angel stadium. as angel stadium, <laughs> angel stadium has really shitty hot dogs but uh they definitely have good prices for stuff you definitely so have good tacos when i'm there tailgating i'll tell you that <laughs> There you go. That is true. The hot dog that we had on Saturday was easily one of the worst. Maybe it was just an off night. I don't know. Um, yeah, but they gave up free food, bro. I know. Uh, we were, uh, Trade was telling me about that. That was wild. Something about the credit cards. Figured out Angel Stadium. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love these ideas. Uh, I know. Yeah. The only problem with tailgating at the Oakland Coliseum is then you have to go to the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> might, as well, might as well just keep tailgating <laughs> you, might as well just, you might as well just drink out front um yeah these are good ones um i'm definitely i definitely i still just want to ban the wave fuck the wave i i also <laughs> concur with the wave i think it's dumb my favorite yeah. part though especially at hockey games is when they put those put motherfuckers in the big in the big balls and then they, yeah that's they, like hit each other i fucking love that yeah i love i love i love make the you know stadiums put up those games to make people look stupid also, do kiss cam more than once a game. Yeah, or some, some places I feel like they don't do at all at any games. Super random side note, because you got me on tailgating. And also, I haven't mentioned anything about golf yet this episode, so here's my <laughs> one chance. Um, James, was it you that sent me? Uh, what do you guys think about this tailgating in the parking yes. lot before your golf round. <laughs> oh, that was fucking amazing. Dude. James, is that you that sent that? It was like, yeah, why doesn't, of course it was. Why aren't people tailgating before their golf rounds in the parking lot? Because you're already drinking during your round anyway. That's true. That's true. So you can drink before too. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying like the point of tailgating is to not have to buy expensive beer inside. But if you're already bringing it with you on the golf course, then like it doesn't really matter, you know? We can only really bring theoretically about thirty beers of those into the golf course. So if you want more, you know, only like, 30. who's bringing thirty only beers 30. on the golf course? Are you we can get like classic we can James quote only thirty, 30 beers. beers. We can That's finish that. Hide. You have to hide that. <laughs> Shove them all in your bags, and you get to the second hole. Pockets. And dump your bag all the way upside down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know this is Alex's segment. I didn't have a segment, but I, I want to ask a quick. Uh, question like a hundred bonus question like Tyler did earlier. Tomorrow is the match. It's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Just a little friendly golf match in Vegas, kind of on this shitty course. It's like on the strip. The win. You guys may have seen it before. Uh, let's go around the horn. Who's gonna win? Alex, who do you got? I'm going Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes because Josh Allen is my boy. Um, and I think he had a, like, oh, fuck, I can't remember what it was, but I saw some, like, he made a really funny quote about it. Like they wanted to, they wanted to do something else. And Josh Allen pretty much just shout on Tom Brady and Aaron. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah. I, it wouldn't be a hundredth episode without 
you having a mention of Josh Allen. So I also wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Tyler, what do you got? You can never bet against Tom Brady. I mean, we saw what he did on that last match last year and that an incredible was that for birdie or eagle i don't remember that one from 100 yards out he chipped it in it was incredible uh tom brady's just good at everything so I'm, i'll never bet against that man tom brady wins but he has aaron Rodgers with him you know who uh he will carry is also really good but sometimes loses for some reason james what you got aaron, i got aaron Rodgers and tom brady win. reason being Aaron Rodgers is a maniac. That dude is just in the zone. He's been practicing for like the last three months just for this thing. He even like told Phil Mickelson to sh- fuck off during the last match. Like he cares so much about this. He's not losing to young guns like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Again, in he, doesn't, he doesn't actually a uh, professional because um, they'll lose to him any other time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say that the experience wins. Um, the, the older, the older men, the ones with the walkers are going to win. Um, as much as I love Josh Allen, I mean, Alex, I'm on your bandwagon, dude. I fucking love Josh. Allen. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think, I think the old guns are just going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to roll with, uh, with Josh Allen and Mahomes Cause now that I remember Josh Allen was in that like celebrity tournament that I believe is in Lake Tahoe every year and he's like an extremely good golfer as you would imagine just because he's a baller i don't know how mahomes is i don't think i think mahomes is decent but i feel like josh allen's gonna carry him through and this could be his like one time to be like all right i'm gonna beat you tom brady hopefully he gets another chance on a football field but right now this is his chance front and square so they're gonna win um and here's the thing guys i'm gonna conclude the episode this way this was episode 100 um, you know, more than a hundred weeks ago, we, the world shut down. It was COVID and we kind of all, uh, were in a group message. We we're in fantasy football and we just came up with this idea. Um, you know, Alex and Tyler had created a podcast in the past, uh, La La Land Sports. And, you know, we talked to them about it and their experiences. We all kind of were on their podcast as guests. And from there, we formulated the idea to do this podcast and, um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. I know that I'm not on it anymore, um, and Alex has returned. You know, things in life happen, but you know, I want to give thanks to Tyler because he, you know, edits the episodes after every week um, with his busy work schedule as being an athletic trainer. James was running all the social media, the Instagram. Um, you know, Traden was getting married. You know, Alex was getting married. There's a lot of things that are that are going on every day in life that, you know keep people busy and keep us occupied and doing this is it's fun for us. It's a lot of work as well. And we want to just thank all the fans for continuing to listen. Um, and then all you guys too, for just keeping this thing rolling. Um, and you know, this, this hopefully won't be the last time you hear me. Um, you know, I've, I've been keeping track and still listening. And when I saw it was the hundredth, I butted my way in to, to get back on it because, um, it's just, it's fun. It's a good time. And uh, it's taught me a lot of shit and a lot of skills that sound very educational right there. But um, yeah, thank you. And shout out to all the boys and to all the fans um, that keep this, this train rolling. And that's, uh, that's all I got. Boom. 100 people. (laughs) 